Hello and welcome to the Gemma's Journey podcast. In today's episode, I talk to Hester Dowling. Hester is a writer, poet, actor, screen printer and painter. She has had quite a creative career when it comes to the arts and it was a joy to listen to her journey. and thank you for joining me on my podcast today. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, hello, uh, my name is Hester Dowling. Uh, I'm a screen printer, actor, all sorts, comedian, do lots of things because I'm a very restless little person. <laughs> yeah, so you've got quite a creative background and as I say my, my blog and my podcast is called Gemma's Journey so tell us about yeah. your journey into your the creative arts. Um, well I, as a younger person I did ballet and I used to do acting drama clubs when I was at school and I was always doing something I used to uh, I got into writing I used to have puppets I used to make puppets and I had a puppet show and I used to write little plays for my puppets and I used to do all the voices and that's what got me started. Oh, and then, that, sounds, that sounds really lovely. <laughs> I was a very, I was a funny child. I'm still a funny person, but I was a very sort of active child. <laughs> and I, that, that's where it all started. And I did a, a Punch and Judy show at school uh, when I was six. And, and, and that was my first kind of public performance, as it were. Wow. But, it, it, you know, after that, I kind of, I think I kind of got, went away from the arts a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then went back, I went and did, I did fine art at college. Uh, and, but I always wanted to do acting. I never really wanted to do fine art as such I wanted to be an actor and it it wasn't till my mum died that I really thought right I'm going to do everything that I've always wanted to do I'm going to do it now yeah and that's that's when I got into doing stand-up comedy and and that was quite insane frankly (laughs) Uh, but uh, and I also um I, I joined a theater group that that was that was really good, but that was strange. It's an independent theatre group, and and it it works with uh, different forms in the theatre of playback and forum theatre, and it's really interesting. But it's really a different kind of aspect of acting. It's not sort of just standing and reciting something. Mm. Uh, so I quite enjoyed doing that, and I we, we did a play, and we did that twice. We did this play at Star and Shadow and it was it was strange it was really strange but yes I know I've done I've done a lot of different different things I I tend to seem to have done that always Uh, I think it's just I'm a bit hyperactive So uh, you've, you've been involved, when I was looking at your, your biography, you've been involved in programmes such as Vera and The Dumping Ground, which of course have been filmed in yeah. the North East. So tell us about your role in, in, in those shows. What were, you, what were you doing there? Uh, well, The Dumping Ground, I was, um, I was an extra and I was a seamstress 
and I had to pretend to iron things and sew <laughs> things and hang things up and just generally be in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was at High Spen, uh, where they have their sort of place where they film the dumping ground, mm-hmm. and it was a hellish journey to get there by by train. I had to be there at seven in the morning Oof. from Sunderland. It was a nightmare. Uh, and I, t- I had to be in the, in the chair to have hair, my makeup, uh, you know, hair and makeup done. And it, it was like, it, it is so surreal. Kind of sitting in a chair at, at about, I think I was a bit late. Uh, I was there at 10 past seven. And I sat in the chair, having my hair and makeup done, thinking this is just unreal. Um, <laughs> and then the room was so full of people. It's a really tiny room with all the cameramen and runners and script people and directors, it's hardly credible that all those people could fit in this one room. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and it, each time when they were sort of shooting the scenes and, and by, the, by the end of the day, I knew all everybody's lines. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite funny, really. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to do. It is. I mean, I've been, I was an extra in George Gently years and years ago, and that oh, yeah. was based in Durham, and I, I, I live in Prudhoe, so it was a bit of a nightmare yeah. for me to, to get there, and like you say, it was like really early in the morning, and you're sat there with, you know, getting makeup on, and your costume, and I remember sitting in the, um, because Durham, I can't remember where it was, I think it was no hospital, and the area was quite big, so there's quite a lot of trailers, and I remember sitting, you know, in this trailer, sitting next to all the main characters, but of course, you weren't allowed to sort of mix with the main characters, you're an extra, you have to just be quiet and get told where to stand and, and what to what to do, but yeah, it's really interesting to be an extra, just to even, like, get to experience the behind the scenes and to see how it, it, it all works. They were really very friendly. They were very nice. Uh, the actors were lovely. They actually spoke to me because, you, you know, I think lunchtime, you know, we had a break and we went off for lunch. I managed to drop something on myself. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like an army of little robots came and cleaned me up. <laughs> and it was really, really peculiar. And I, I don't know, that whole, that whole day was quite weird. And I went home with all, all my hair all done and everything, and not looking like me at all. Um, thinking, this is so weird. This is the weirdest thing to do. <laughs> and did you watch the episode back? Did you watch the dumping ground to see if you I haven't. I haven't. Somebody asked me about Vera the other day. So where were you? Where were you on Vera? And I said, I'm on a bus. And, um, they, they did this scene about some louts on a bus, and I'm on the bus. and and it was it was really funny it's like half the bus is the actors and Mm -hmm. half the bus is all the all the technical crew Uh we went up and down Elswick Road on a a bus (laughs) and one of my friends who's an actress she was she was playing the bus driver Mm -hmm. and they got the actual bus driver they got um was from Castleford in Yorkshire right. and she looked exactly like my friend it was amazing <laughs> how they'd matched up the the two people um, <laughs> but that was so funny yeah it was always interesting to see because you know, there's so many takes and there's so many yeah. recordings they've got to do for just this tiny you know tiny little clip part of, part of the scene 
Well, it's true. It's true. I mean, that took that took an entire morning. That that bus going up and down. And I think if that if that was thirty seconds of film, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. You, you know, but um, me having with me sitting having to mime to somebody and and being I had to now I've been told about this miming thing before that I have to be careful what I do because you can read what I'm saying mm-hmm. so uh, I don't know anyway I I've done a film before where I, I actually mined something and they could read it right we had to do the film <laughs> so it's only a short film but even so it's a half hour so I had to you have to the things you have to think of it's quite it's quite strange yeah just that unreal situation you know when you you have no idea uh when you watch it at home how much how how much the the crew and everything is it interferes with with you as Mm -hmm. a person and it's quite it's quite fascinating being part of that and actually being in in the place where things are happening and you think, my God, it, you know, I've never even thought about this. Yeah. So from having experience on TV to radio, because you were also a voice actor for BBC Radio 4's project called Living with Dementia. So what was what was that like? Um, well, um, it was for a, a student at the University of Sunderland. He'd written a, a five minute audio drama. And he asked me if I'd do the voiceover and we sort of read through it and he kept apologizing. I'm so sorry, I'm not an actor. I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, and it, it was great, actually, it was really good. And I, um, we did several sort of takes and, and when he was happy with, you know, the sound of it, he then, I think he added um, other people on after. Mm-hmm. So, but, so when it was put together, I was absolutely amazed. And um, I think it was on iPlayer for quite a while. So, uh, but it's it's nice to have done that. That was a different kind of project to do. Um, the uh, my only thing was thinking, you know, because I'm the sort of age dementia age range. <laughs> I was thinking, oh god, <laughs> I'm really not sure. Um, but anyway, it's it's acting. It's yeah. And was that recorded at the University of Sunderland or did you, did you have to go to a, a BBC studio or was that something you could do at home? No, um, we did that in the studio at St Peter's campus. Yeah, yeah, I know it well. I graduated yeah. from Sunderland. So, yes, I, yeah. I know I know St Peter's campus as well. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, as you mentioned at the start there, um, you know, being a, a comedian, tell us about your stand-up set at the stand and how long you've been doing comedy for and, you know, what's it like performing at the stand? Because sometimes those crowds can be quite, quite tough and it can be a scary, daunting uh, performance, especially at the, the stand. Well, after I've done, um, I've done stand-up at small pubs and, and some of them, are very small indeed. So, you, you know, they're very kind of, you're almost in somebody's lap doing a performance. Mm. And that's quite disturbing. Yeah. The stand was another level. It was <laughs> another level of terrifying. It really was. I mean, when the music went down, I, I just, it felt, it was the most real I have ever felt. It was terrifying. <laughs> just for a second, I, was, I stood there thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, Funnily enough, um, I, I got a great reception. The people were absolutely brilliant. And I, I did them, I, 
I did the maddest set ever. And it, it was it was so stupid. It was such a stupid story. Um, and it, <laughs> but that they liked it. That I think they liked the fact that I was mad and eccentric. Yeah. And I guess uh, the Northeast audience, you know, are all such a friendly and supportive, supportive bunch. Yeah, they were great. Uh, the, the, you get criticised, though, from stand, you know, the yeah. upper echelon, and they didn't like it at all. <laughs> I thought, oh, what, what difference? Yeah. You know, the people in the room liked it. They loved that, exactly. that, that's That's all I care about. Exactly. But, do you know, it was really interesting in a way because I thought, I really don't know, am I doing the right thing here? And when I came to do it and, and the reaction I got, and, and then when I went off and I got this crit, like, so-so, mm. <laughs> mm. and I thought, I don't care. And I thought, well, maybe that's the reaction you should have because, yeah. you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite prepared to go back and do it again. Uh, and I think, well, stuff you with your, your opinion. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a thing where it, you know if you were kind of half-hearted about it, you might think twice about going back and putting yourself through that. Mm. You know, and that's the difference between maybe uh, doing stand-up and not doing it. Is yeah. is either, either you just don't care and do it, or you you just think, oh, okay, maybe it's not me. Yeah, no, I think it's important to try these things. And, you know, the fact oh, yeah. that you got up, because it takes you know, some confidence to get up there on the stage anyway. You know, yeah. you, as long as you've enjoyed it and you can see the audience having a good time, that should be, you know, all, the, all that matters, really, I think, anyway. Yeah, one of my friends turned up and watched it and was, was amazed because, it you, you know, the, one of the things that you need to do is to be... To, to give the impression that you're just, just it, it's just happening. Yeah. You know, these ideas are just popping in your head. And, well, they can't, obviously. I rehearsed it, <laughs> rehearsed, rehearsed, rehearsed. Yeah. And in fact, I said to a friend the day before, I think I want to emigrate to Australia. I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> um, and they went, no, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And made me do the entire thing. So I did, I did the entire uh, but five minutes in in pop rex uh, <laughs> the day before i actually stood up and did it ah so a bit, bit of a practice run i guess yeah 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 cool. <laughs> that was good that was yeah. good so you mentioned pop rex there so what tell yeah. us more about the open mic nights at pop rex and about the the poetry and the performance projects that gets that gets done at pop rex well uh the poetry is it's once a month mm -hmm. and you, anybody can come along uh, anyone can read uh the poem it's a it's a massively very supportive group of people uh it's it's a lovely thing to do it it does it does kind of i think sound daunting when you if you've never done it before uh but i one of the times that i was there uh one of the poet's mums brought her poetry and read her poem mm -hmm. and we were all you know yeah it's lovely it's and that it's that kind of thing that makes it nicer the fact that you know anyone can come along had we've had some people from still at school come along and read poetry wow. that was good yeah. I don't know why they happened to be in in pop recs at the time mm -hmm. and you know 
they were asked, do you want to do this? And then, and then yeah, uh, and it was great. That's really good. So there's, it's possible to do a great deal of things, you know, you can just have a go. Yeah, definitely. So what makes a great, a great poem? Is there such thing as a, you know, is there some sort of like a, a recipe that makes it a, gr- a great poem? I don't think there is. I think there's just, it, it's just, sometimes it resonates with people. Um, and, you, you know, something that you write really kind of hits the spot, either hits the spot of something happening or hits the spot with something inside you, you know, and you hear something and think, oh God, that's, that's exactly what I feel. Uh, how you get to that point is, is kind of magic. Yeah. You, you know, there are lots of different ways of getting to the point of getting getting a poem together. Um, sometimes I have a kind of, it's like a download, you know, where I'll be, the, the poem will kind of just come in my head and, mm. and, and then, then writing it's another matter. But it, I will sometimes get a, a kind of poem downloaded in my head. That's happened to me a couple of times, uh, but it's it's just, Sometimes it's just one of those things. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's mystery. Yeah. You can be systematic about it. There are more systematic people than me about this, but I don't have any rules about it. Yeah, I think, I mean, when I was back at school, you know, studying English language and we had to look at poems, I think because we were told, oh, you have to look at this rhyming scheme and look at the use of this language and look at this author because it was so, like, strict on studying, I thought, oh, there's, there's got to be a rule to do it. And I didn't really enjoy poetry, but then when I, just, I found a book after school and I found a book up and I started to read poems, I enjoyed it more because I wasn't analysing, I wasn't seriously looking into it, I was just reading it and enjoying it for, for what it what it what it was. And you know, like you say, it resonated with me and that's I found it way more enjoyable. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult medium poetry. because uh, it's 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 almost it's almost a song. It's not a song. Yeah. It's, it's something it's quite internal. It's quite it can be quite embarrassing. I think people often dislike poetry because it feels a bit sort of personal. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, I don't know if I want to know this about someone. But on the other hand, it's kind of, it's kind of another way of, of relating a story. Yeah. And from that point of view, it's it's really good because you you get to see a, a side of someone someone that you wouldn't ever see any other way. So it, it can be so interesting. Uh, I I love poetry personally. So uh, you know, I'm kind of just. Uh, I like listening to to people talk about anything. I mean, Rowan McCabe is is a a wonderful poet. Um, he told a story about I think he was in a shop and a deer came in a shop, and he wrote a poem about it. And it's it's wonderful. And he, you know, so it can, it can be literally anything. Yeah, I think that's what I like about the arts in general. You know, it can be about anything and people you know can express themselves creatively through any different form of the arts and you know the arts have been were you know affected um during during lockdown and during the the pandemic so what was your lockdown experience you know were you able were you able to still access art could you still do what you wanted to do how how has it been for for you 
I've had a, a particularly difficult lockdown. Mm. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't write. Uh, it's, uh, it, for some reason, it just, it kind of, my mind froze. Mm -hmm. And, and so it was difficult for, I didn't, I didn't feel like I wanted to write anything. Yeah. And I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't even try to force writing. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd just wait, see, um, if, if, if it went on for any length of time, I've got kind of ways uh, to get back into, into a rhythm of writing again. This was my very first experience of not ever wanting to write. Normally, I can't kind of stop it. It's like um, it's restless in my brain. You know, I have to say something. I have to do something. Yeah. But this is the very first time in my life that it just it just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And so I, all sorts of things. My garden looks great because of it. <laughs> I, spent, I spent so long in the garden. It's actually it's the first time I think in years that I've actually spent time kind of really just doing things and and that's how lockdown was I, you know I spent time kind of tidying the house and the house got clean and and the garden looked spotless and everything looked great but it, you know the actual mental side of things I was I was quite in another world and I've, I found lockdown extremely hard mm. uh, I went a bit crazy at one point um, saved by Sinead, <laughs> Sinead Livingston, because she said, oh, come and join the choir, you, you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so I did that for a while. Uh, but anyway, it, it was really hard. I had had some problems with my neighbour. My neighbours did some building work. Oh. Um, and that included knocking down part of my party wall. Oh, right. so, and for eight weeks, I had their builders in my yard and my yard was inaccessible totally oh, no. uh, and the noise and the dust yeah. and and the, just the, the whole carry on of it was horrible yeah um, I, I'm nodding along there I, yeah. can, I can totally relate you know we've got buildings and things going on and you know people yeah. doing work in the street and yeah it is that that noise and when you just wanting to sit and have peace and, yeah. and you know and just listen to silence and then when you can hear noise just it, it disrupts you a lot Yes, it, yes, it does. It really does. But I've, um, it's strange that I'm back writing, so that's good. Yeah, I was going to say, now, now there is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, theatre starting to open, you know, the creative, yeah. creative arts are, you know, getting back back together. And, you know, what do you think of the Northeast culture scene? You know, because you've had quite a lot of experiences and opportunities, you know, I th do you think we're quite lucky as a region to have those opportunities? Uh, I think that's a real... It's a, there's some lots and lots of, I've been thinking about this um, mm -hmm. a lot. I think we need, we need to have a regional centre back here again. Yeah. Uh, you know, regional arts, that is. There was one when I, when I was at college, and that's quite a while ago now, but uh, there was a, um, Northern Arts had an office and that meant you could apply in the north. You could actually go to the office, talk to oh, somebody. Right. And that makes a huge difference, you know, to you sending off and hoping for the best. And is this right? Is that right? You could find out. Mm. You could talk to somebody on a phone. You could go and see someone. It, it's a small thing, but it's an absolutely massive in terms of people feeling this is possible. 
you know, I, I, I know what to, if I do, if I mess it up the first time, mm-hmm. I can go back and do it again. And I have some idea, but you, it's in your area. Yeah. And I think the whole idea of arts in, in your area. And so people know the area, they know the people. Yeah. You meet the same people in, in various groups. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it would be so much better um, to have not to have all everything centralized i mean it's always going to be the funds are always going to be centralized but if if there were centers where you could sort of organize things from mm-hmm. meet and people know that it's in their region i think they wouldn't feel quite so estranged from it yeah you i know, think it's now especially like with technology i mean you know it's great that things are online but you know i think there's something there about having yeah. like, i didn't even know you know that there was a, a hope having an actual building for someone yeah. to go and visit and talk face to face with somebody rather than waiting for an email waiting for a, a message you know i see so many things on you know on the arts groups and facebook groups that we're on that i see but i'll miss because i've i've waited too long or it's been too late by the time i've seen the post so it's, yeah. i think it's yeah definitely having an actual physical building would be fantastic. I think. I think also that um, you know, in terms of people meeting, yeah, uh, having regional meetings, mm-hmm. it, would, it would give an opportunity for people to actually feel that they were being dealt with and cared about a bit. Uh, the fact is, if you want to go to an arts meeting, you probably have to travel somewhere else probably Manchester or wherever mm. um, you, you know I just think it would be it's, it's something to think about to, to think would it, would it be better to have like you know with local everything's they're trying to sort of localize things a bit more now because yeah. since the pandemic local is obviously a better option mm. so I think I think what it is we need we need to just look differently at who who we should be engaging with yeah you know including councils architects town planners Mm -hmm. you know i watched a really interesting program about manchester Mm -hmm. and developers who were completely changing the the city center of manchester and and they were talking about you know what's desirable in a city and the arts the sort of theaters and cafes and live music, theatrical performances, stand-up, all of these things were were seen as desirable in a city, you know, as a kind of a package. So you lived in a good city if you were in in sort of walking distance of all these things. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting because, you know, that, that should say to artists, okay, so we need to be more involved with how the city works. And, and kind of put put our bit in there because that if that's part of a, a prestige of a city, then then that's a definite selling point, mm, you know, wow. from both points of view, from both the uh, developer and the artist. You know, it's it's a different way of looking at it. Yeah, and I, I think as well, you know, because, you know, if we think of, you know, the city, you've got Newcastle and Sunderland and Gateshead, you yeah. know, really strong hubs of culture. But for someone like me, I live in Northumberland and we've just yeah. had, I live near, near Hexham and there's just been um, animating Hexham event on where we saw screens and of arts and different animations on different buildings. And that was fantastic. And I overheard someone say, 
nothing like this ever happens in Hexham. Yes, we have the Queen's Hall, you know, there's theatre and art going on all the time there, but you know, nothing like this ever happens. We always have to go to Newcastle and, and Sunderland. So it's nice maybe to think about maybe perhaps bringing it more local or bringing it maybe to Northumberland, more the outskirts of the region as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, definitely. So, Hester, thank you for joining me on my podcast today. Today, you've been lovely to to listen to. It's really interesting to hear your your story and your your journey. Thank you. And thank you. That's it's been lovely. It's been really lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Gemma's Journey podcast. For more information, you can of course visit my blog. I'm journalgemmahurst.com or I'm Gemma underscore journey on social media. Don't forget to like and subscribe this podcast. Thanks for listening.